girl. Welcome to Soul CEO, a podcast for women who know they're destined for more. I'm Lindsay Mango, and I'm going to show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the CEO of your soul, life, and business. Let's get started. Hello, how are you guys? Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here for another episode, as always. But I'm especially excited because this episode will go live three days before Chris and I get married. And if you've been keeping up with the episodes or my Instagram, I'm pretty sure you know how many days we have left. (laughs) But I'm also super excited because I decided in celebration of our marriage that we would do three editions of the Chris and Lindsay show on my podcast. (laughs) I decided we're serious enough now that he he gets to have a voice on this podcast. (laughs) But I asked my social media audience for some questions, and I thought it would be fun to do a little bit of a deep dive because I know I'm constantly talking about creating and living your best life. And a huge part of that is romance and creating the relationship of your dreams. And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity for you guys to hear from Chris and hear his perspective and hear from both of us together on how we found each other, how we have created a thriving relationship, and how we support each other when it comes to growing two successful businesses. So this episode is going to be the first edition of three that will come out every week per usual on Wednesday. And today we are going to talk about finding each other. And we're going to deep dive with Chris a little bit on what brought him to me and his journey to getting here and kind of his perspective. A lot of you guys on social media wanted to know what is it like, what's a male's perspective to finding his soulmate and how did he get here ultimately? So first, let me welcome my amazing fiance, Chris. (laughs) He is here, I promise. Uh, I am am in the closet. (laughs) We were just cracking up, actually, before we jump into it, because, you know, aesthetic is important to me, and I like to invest money, and we are sitting in our closet on a blanket on, like, a laundry (laughs) container with this microphone. I probably – I didn't really realize it was a problem until he came in here to join me, so (laughs) we might be investing in some new equipment. But anyway, welcome, Chris. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me to the Closet Show. And, no, I am very grateful because one of the things I hear from my clients and just randomly from people I I meet – they love your podcast. I know why they love it, but I'm I'm grateful because you guys you show up and you support Lindsay consistently and eagerly. Like the the responses to the question on Instagram about what do you want to hear about is just a perfect reflection of that. So thank you guys for listening and and thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted you to share a little bit about your story leading up to us meeting. So, you know, obviously my audience knows a lot about my side of the story, but I think it would be really impactful for all the women out there who listen to this podcast to hear a male's perspective as well as your story, because I think a lot of women experience some of the same things that you have in the past. So I would love for you to tell my audience about kind of your story to finding me and finding love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is, it's funny because I could tell this story in a way that could take three hours. And obviously I'm not going to do that, but it's funny also when you say from a male's perspective, because I don't think we should distinguish male perspective versus female perspective when it comes to the story of our lives. I think, you know, humans experience thing and the mind interprets it pretty much the same way, whether we're male or female, most of the time. 
And my circumstances aren't dramatically different because I'm male. Maybe I perceive some of it differently because I'm male, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still a matter of growing my mindset and growing myself through all these years, each little moment leading up to meeting you. Mm. So let me see if I can connect the dots here. Let's see. In 2013, I got married. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And Not to me, everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 this was different. And so, you know, I think a lot of times we see these great love stories that, you know, are like the stars aligned and it worked out from high school. That wasn't the case with me and Lindsay. I had to go through a marriage that lasted about a year and a half and that ended in divorce because she was unfaithful. And normally that would be the story, right? Like, oh, that that's terrible. And that's the story. But for me, this was my worst nightmare. This was the one thing that I did not want to happen to, to me in my life was to be cheated on because I watched my parents go through that, which ended in divorce after 25 years of marriage, maybe even more than 25 years. I watched other family members and friends go through this. And it was just the, the thing that I experienced a lot of, I guess you could call it trauma uh, around as a child. And I just had every intention of avoiding that. So I was going to be the guy that, you know, when I, if I got married, it was going to be forever, right? Ironically, it lasted a year and a half, two years. And um, so after that, I, I think that's that moment where when you meet, especially entrepreneurs and they have a story, that's how my story changed, right? Everything was going very well up to that point. And it was like the entire sky fell. Everything turned inside out when I found out what was going on. And from that moment on, I was just a different person. It required me to grow in a lot of ways that I didn't want to have to grow, like becoming you know, independent, learning how to date again, learning how to manage my own mind, all of these, these things that you hear people go through when they have a traumatic experience, right? So let me back up. So you know, when, when you find out that you're going to get divorced and you have no idea that that's going to happen, right? Like I, that wasn't anything that I had planned on. I didn't see the, the, the train coming. It just literally happened overnight. Uh, the sucker punch, as we call it in my world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what it felt like. You know, I, I found out what was going on. And within three days, I had moved all of my stuff out of my own house that I bought into my brother's basement and was living in his basement in a little makeshift bedroom. And that's not exactly, you know, how you think your week is going to end when you wake up and everything's pretty much normal. Well, really quick before you keep going, I think it would be really important to expand on I know a lot of females, sometimes we don't leave after that point. And so I'm just curious for you, or I really want you to share for the audience, like what created such boundaries and such a powerful decision for you? To leave, the decision to leave? Is that, yeah. Well, when someone purposefully does something to you, knowing it's the one single thing, like you're, that it's just kryptonite to you, you don't tend to think about it very forgivingly. and. I want to be totally transparent that I actually, I was mad. I was beyond mad. I was 10 miles past mad and hurt. And I was, I was ready to file the papers almost immediately. And I I spoke with my in-laws and they said, look, you owe it to your family, to your marriage, to, to yourself, to give it a shot. And I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm willing to entertain the idea of counseling or something. We're gonna have to move mountains to make this work if she's even interested in that. And of course, you know, when the question came up of, do you want to go through that? Do you want to entertain some kind of therapy or counseling? She was a hundred percent out. So it made the decision even more expedient to say, yeah, I am too, because it's like I said, I think for me, it was, how could I ever trust somebody again? And, and I want to be clear, this wasn't just a, uh, 
without getting into gore details, this wasn't just a one night stand kind of situation. This was an ongoing affair. So months after months, you know, of purposefully doing the one thing that was just terrible for me. And, and that's putting it as delicately and lightly as I can. So, yeah, you know, I think you have to have a sense of self-respect for your boundaries of it's one thing to be committed. It's another thing to say, is this what I really want? And there was nothing about that that I, I wanted at that point because she didn't either. So it was clear, we you know, we were going to get divorced. And the ugliness of all this, I'm being very light on the details for the sake of time, of course. The ugliness was so raw and real. It was, you know, within a couple of days, I had started going to therapy for, for obvious reasons. When you, you, know, you have your worst nightmare come true, you need to speak with a professional about it. And this was beyond coaching at that point. This was real emotional damage that I needed to heal. And I felt like I needed, you know, a licensed therapist. So after about 10 sessions, I, I started to really lean into some of the personal growth work that I had been going through. Ironically, I'd been in coaching for about two years at that point, I think, professionally. And so I was able to really apply the personal growth principles I was learning to my personal life, in addition to understanding what was happening with my emotions. And, and this is how I can kind of dovetail it to where we are now. I realized that I've always been me. My circumstances have changed throughout life, whether I was in the legal field and in law school, and then I quit and got into real estate. And, but I was still me through all of those, those times and changes. Well, this was a real test for who are you, right? Because you think you wake up one day and you're a nice guy, married, has a beautiful wife, a beautiful life, a beautiful house, and the next whoa, day- Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just say <laughs> beautiful to his ex-wife? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, but that was my identity at the time, right? And then you wake up the next day and you, you're you a shit show because you haven't- I, I went, I think, three days without eating anything. I barely slept and- you know, of course, I'm just trying to figure out why it happened. And I think everybody who goes through something like that just constantly thinks, what did I do wrong? And I'm sure that some of your listeners have been at a point where, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, what did I do? What did I do? And I had to really grapple with that, that, no, I'm not perfect. And no, there, there's no reason to think that, that I'm Mr. Wonderful. But at the same time, these were autonomous decisions by someone else that had at that point, very little to do with what I was doing or not doing. It was what she saw as a way to fill her needs and meet her needs. And um, yeah, so I, I had an opportunity to apply all this personal growth uh, work that I was doing professionally to my, my personal life. And basically, you know, you can say it was the universe's way or God's way of testing me saying, oh, really, you want to be the kind of guy that can handle anything? Well, let's try this on for size. <laughs> <laughs> So that, I think, was the backbone that got me through a lot of that, in, in addition to the tremendous resources and time and love for my family and my friends. But it reaffirmed how important personal growth work was to me because I realized that if that's what's helping me, guess what? That's what can help other people when they have really serious life events happen mm -hmm. to them and for them, which ultimately is how I began to see that, that I didn't want to be trapped in a marriage or any kind of relationship where the other person was unhappy and where the other person didn't care about my needs enough or my my welfare enough to treat me the way I wanted to be treated. So at the time, like and when I say at the time, you know, within that week, within those first few months, maybe even six months, I could not understand that this didn't happen to me. I could not say this happened for me. 
until maybe a year later, right? Mm -hmm. And now I see it for what it is, which was this event as earth shaking and emotionally damaging as it was, was the one thing that set me free to find you. Mm. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that for me and for everybody listening. I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners will be, I want to know what were the biggest things that you learned or kind of had to learn to grow through after that entire experience to ultimately be where we are today? Well, it's it's hard to recount some of the most important lessons because I feel like I was learning thousands of lessons every day. But some of them that, that come to mind and that come up in my coaching with clients too is that everything is temporary. And our brains tend to focus intently on what's happening now and what we're worried is going to happen in the future or what we are worried about happening in the past. But the reality is everything is temporary. And the reason that gave me such peace at the time was the pain was going to be temporary. Somehow, some way, I was going to figure this out and get through it, whether it just took time, whether it just took 10 years, that's still a temporary period. But it also made me realize that even our happiest moments are temporary. And it made me feel more grateful and more celebratory in those moments too. So I, I became very present at that point in my life. Because I, I realized I could spend all day, and sometimes I did spend all day and all night worrying about what was going to happen and, and worrying about if this was going to happen in another relationship, right? And what if it happened again? Would I even be able to get through that? And that worry just translated to nothing but anxiety and nothing positive. So the idea that everything is temporary really helped. And then, you know, a, a couple of things just come to mind in terms of lessons I learned. The saying that when somebody shows you who they really are, listen. And it is really challenging as that was, I realized I was wrong about who I thought this person was, or maybe she was wrong about who she thought she was. But either way, we had months of raw evidence to highlight who she wanted to be at that time. And who she wanted to be at that time is not somebody I wanted to be with. So I think it also made, it pushed me and, and challenged me to show up like the person I want to be, right? Mm. And therefore, if anybody was listening, they could believe me that, yeah, that that is me. There's a couple times, there was one thing that you shared with me early on in our dating when we talked about this. And it was your, I think, therapist asking, do you believe that the right person would do this to you? Because you really struggled with that and kind of grappled with that. And I think that was really impactful. And I think that applies to business, that applies to life, that applies to everything. So if you could just share a little bit more about that and that transformation, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. So the idea that would the right person do this to you? Number one, everybody makes mistakes. And I want to acknowledge that that happens. People make bad decisions and, and I get that. But would the right person over a long period of time do something so dramatically, purposefully harmful to me, right? And I thought, no, actually, that's, that's not what the right person for me would do. They would have either the courage to speak up or the courage to go to counseling, or you know, whatever all the things that I was asking for, they would have stepped up and said, "Yeah, let's fix this, or let's do something different. Let's get divorced now before I do something catastrophic." So it, it made me realize it was so weird at the time. I want you guys to appreciate that that was like admitting that up was down <laughs> to yeah, say. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think like you know, Chris married someone 
else all in. Like, this is my lifelong partner. And so I think that was a part of the grappling with this idea of, like, I chose this person for life and this is what happened. Like, just understanding the idea, like, was she really the right person? And also taking kind of responsibility in a way. Obviously, you didn't cause this to happen, but seeing, like, hey, maybe I just, maybe she wasn't the right person for me and I chose a different, like, I'm, I chose her and she wasn't that person for me. Yeah. 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 And basically, being working to be open to the idea that maybe after all that time, I was wrong, that maybe this wasn't the right person for me. And that somehow, this is, I think, how Lindsay started to, to kind of come into my world was that maybe somehow this was making me available to something far better and more meaningful than anything I had ever experienced. And in those dark times, you don't want to think like that, right? Like you want to be sad and angry and hurt and you want people to come down to that level. And the truth is you're not going to find your soulmate at that level most of the time because they're not unhappy. Most, I just think most of the people I speak with that meet like Lindsay and I do, they meet in a higher vibration, not in the low vibration. And I realized if I want to meet someone at a certain point and be happy again or happier than I've ever been, I've got to claw my way out of this. And it's not fair or appropriate to ask other people to pull me up after a certain point. And that's how I started to, to kind of grow around that. I love that. And I think, I mean, I think it's also important to share that I'm sure you gave yourself time and space that you needed to heal and, and do all that, like you talked about, but then deciding it was time to grow and become the person you needed to be to attract the person you wanted to end up being with is just really important to share too. So one of the questions that we got that I wanted to expand on kind of closing out this episode is... It's funny because I'm the one he attracted to say this, but like, who did you have to become or what What did you focus on doing to become the person you needed to become to attract your soulmate? As if it's like a one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first you've got it. <laughs> no, I think where people get really screwed up is in this idea that you can have something before you're the person who can have it. And what I mean is you'll see this in lots of pockets of personal growth and, and development the idea that first you have to be someone who does the things who then can have those things. So be, do, have is the way you typically see that in this industry, right? And I realized that it was not going to happen where I could say, I want to have the relationship of my dreams if I didn't become the guy who had that type of relationship. So I had to be healthy. I had to be happy. I had to not be wealthy, but had to be secure in my own life and lifestyle before I could attract someone like you. So I had to just honestly make the decision, who do you want to be today? I want to be the guy that can attract someone like a Lindsay Mango. <laughs> <laughs> and to be very transparent, you know, I had dated in between the divorce and meeting Lindsay and really screwed things up. You know, I was a, I was a train wreck for a little while there, right? <laughs> and anybody who's gone through something like I did, you're, you're figuring it out. And I want you guys to have compassion for yourself and not be so judgmental against yourself when you're reeling and healing, because it's very easy to be like, I should know better. I should know better. And it's, you're, a, you're like a raw human being, very vulnerable human being at that time. And you're learning how to heal all that up and become stronger so that you can become the person who does the things that attracts the soulmate. I love that. Thank you. 
There was two things that I wanted to add on this. I think one of them that you've always been such a beautiful example of, and I think it's really important when we talk about stepping into the best version of yourself, I think a lot of times we think it's being something that we're not. And I think at some level it's showing up at like from a loving and abundant place, that's really your highest self and not bringing that fear to the table. But I also think one of the biggest things is realizing you're enough as you are. And I think that is one of the biggest pieces of stepping into your highest self, like really believing that your whole, who you are as you are, your most like loving, abundant version of you. And I think Chris has always been such a good example of that. One question I have that I think would be really important to share is Chris, for me, has never once showed up from distrust in our relationship or with me. And I always have found that so amazing because I know how hard it would be for me to have gone through that experience and never once been jealous or questioned my significant other. So I'm just curious for you, Chris, and I think a lot of women could benefit from this. What allowed you to Again, I'm t- true, like being totally frank here. Chris has never once, like, you know, I throw my phone in my purse and it don't answer it for three hours. You know, he might be like, "Hey, is every like, are you okay?" But he's never once questioned me, and I always thought that was so admirable after such a traumatic experience. So, what allowed you to do that? That's a great question. <laughs> well, obviously, it's a choice. When my ex was having an affair, and not showing up, like, you know, leaving at five in the morning and not coming home till 10 at night and telling me she was out running and practicing for triathlons and things. A lot of my friends were like, are you worried that something's going on behind your back? And I was like, no, why would I think that? They're like, because this seems to be a pattern. And I, I just wanted to be totally clear, even though it was right there, I couldn't see it. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to think it was possible and therefore it wasn't possible. So there was nothing for me to worry about. So I was just kind of purposefully innocent about it is a good way to put it. And then when when I found out everything that was going on, right? Yeah, I, I think I was very distrustful of all kinds of people and, and almost paranoid that this was going to show up in other places. If If the one person who's supposed to love me better than anybody can do this, what could a stranger do to me? Or what could a new girl that I was dating do to me? How bad could that be? And I want you to realize that I think I spent enough time thinking about those things and realizing it was never going to end up positively <laughs> and that those thoughts always ended in some kind of pain and suffering that I had to let that go. Because it wasn't my choice in the first place. No matter how much I had tried to, like if I had tried to stranglehold this situation and, be, and say, you're not cheating on me, right? You're not cheating on me, right? You're not cheating on me, right? If I tried to do that, it's still up to them to decide if they're going to go do that. So very early in our relationship, I don't know if you've ever told these stories or not, but you know, I, I knew very early on that I was going to marry Lindsay. Like I really had zero doubt at at a certain point. And even though she was full of doubt, (laughs) I wasn't. I've shared some a little bit about that. Um, That's another. That's a whole nother thing. That's what I'm saying. This story could be very long. But even though I didn't have any doubt, she had to decide. And I had to create the space for her to decide. And basically say, you've got to choose how you want to show up to this relationship. So yeah, it would have been very easy for me to start dating you. And especially very early on when like I would text you and you would go 
six hours or 10 hours or 20 <laughs> hours of that response. I wasn't playing hard to get. I was probably working on business or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you guys, like, you know how sweet Lindsay is. She also has this, she has the red receipt on her text message. So I could see when she would read it. And I would sit there and I would, you know, I think in a lot of new relationships, that's easy to do, right? Like you, ch- you check the text, you're like, God, what's going on? Like, <laughs> But then I would see she had not read it yet. And almost every time within a minute or two after reading it, she would respond. So that was a, an interesting time for me because it was like, do you want to be full of doubt and mistrust or do you want to give this woman some space and let her be attracted to you? And it was grueling. It was not comfortable. And no, I, I didn't really enjoy that all the time. But I had to decide who I wanted to be. And I wanted somebody who was trusting and that could be trusted. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't going to happen if I didn't allow it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think in my mind, I always thought, like I, I've shared with you guys, I definitely had, I knew from the moment I met Chris that I, I just knew I was going to marry him. But I also, that commitment is really important and really big to me. So I think that also, you know, scared me a little bit because, you know, so I had my own little fear and doubt. And I think the fact that Chris showed up from love and held space and trusted and just was himself no matter what, that showed me a lot. I think if he would have showed up in fear and met my fear with fear, it would have just combusted and just not have worked. And so, I, again, I just have always really admired that because I think that's that's a hard choice to make. So in my mind, I'm like, did you ask yourself if I trusted or if I just knew she loved me, how would I show up and what would I do? Is that kind of was your roadmap or like how did you do that when the fear did show? show? Well, I think we were both going through this parallel reckoning, right, where I had, you know, a divorce to cause my reckoning of who are you? You know, I identified as this married guy who had it all together and then suddenly I had nothing together and I had to rebuild and decide, like make choices about who I wanted to be. And meanwhile, you were doing your own thing of figuring out, getting out of a long-term relationship and changing careers and having a world of possibilities open up in front of you and you having to step into that and say, who do I want to be? So by the time we met, we were a hundred percent who we are, right? And and that's why I think it was so easy for us to fall in love when we started dating because it was like I I could see you choosing to be you fully and vice versa. And if I wanted to have the type of relationship we have, that required trust, period. And I want you guys to understand that trust is like a this invisible muscle in your relationship and you're either choosing to exercise it or deteriorate it. Mm, with every choice. Yeah, that's so good. And and guys who are very mistrusting, I mean, how fast are you deteriorating that trust muscle? And for women who don't have the option to exercise trust, well, yeah, it's going to become very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Well, I want to ask one last question before we go, and we'll have two more episodes. Uh, the next one is going to be on how we've created a thriving relationship, and then the last one will be on our businesses and how we support each other in business. But for this kind of segment, I want to ask for my followers and listeners, if someone wanted to find their soulmate, whether they came from, you know, something, some sort of brokenness or not, what would your top tips or recommendations be for them? That's a good question. I think about it in terms of a jigsaw puzzle. And 
after I, I kind of got my head together, right? And I realized, okay, anything's possible. Maybe the right woman is out there. Maybe this was all designed to teach me some kind of serious lesson also that I could find you, the right woman, right? And well, if that's the case, then how do you find her or him? I thought about it like dumping a jigsaw puzzle out on a table and there's, you know, maybe this is a huge like 5,000 piece crazy jigsaw puzzle. There's so many options, so many different pieces, so many just possibilities, right? So how do you find the one you really want? And then I thought about if that puzzle was actually complete minus one piece in the middle. So you can see all 4,999 pieces are together minus the one in the middle. Even though that piece is missing, you can identify it, right? You can see the curves of what's not there. You can see it's got four legs and not three or what color it is. And, and I started to think, well, all I need to do is start figuring out what I want and what I don't want. And by the, if I can get really clear on that, this person will probably just show up and fill in the missing piece. And that's what I did. I, I really got clear on, well, she's probably going to have to run her own business because I want a lifestyle of freedom. And that's not going to work if you're at a nine to five, five or six days a week. I want somebody who's into personal growth because I never want to stop growing. And that created a lot of conflict in my previous relationship. And you know, she didn't want to do that. And I did. And I wanted somebody who appreciated family. And, and I just started to put all this together of like exactly who I wanted paired with exactly who I didn't want. She doesn't smoke. She is a laugher and she's not a, a super serious all the time, angry or anxious person all the time. Right. So I didn't have an intention with that other than clarifying for myself what my standard was. And it became very easy to look at women in a way of, does she meet my standard or not? To the extent that when I became single again, like really single again, there was only one person I wanted to go on a date with. <laughs> it was the only person who met my standard. And it, I'm going to marry her. And we are in three days after this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's really important, too, to understand that as you hear Chris say that, it's like someone's standard is going to match you. I think a lot of times women, we, and I know I used to do this a lot, we tried to be like, I always used to try to be the cool girl or whatever girl. And I think it's important to understand that your your mate, your person is going to love you for who you are and the way you are, that you don't have to be like, oh, well, guys like Chris want X, Y, Z. Like I need to be something else that I'm not. It's more about being you and working towards being the best version of yourself and knowing that the right guy or the right person is going to be a match for that. I just think that's really, really important to understand. And the last thing I wanted to add is I think a lot of times women, and I know I used to be like this, ask, you know, a male's perspective because like Chris said, we think males like are so much different. We think the way that they perceive things is so much different. And we want to know what's the thing that they want or how should we, quote, play the game to like fit into this puzzle. And I think it's really important to understand that, you know, before I met Chris, I didn't know if there were guys up, out there like Chris. And I used to think it, there was like a game to it or there was a way that I had to be. And I think it's really important to understand that a male's perspective can be just like yours. Like it can be about finding your soulmate. It can be about finding the love of your life. It can be about having fun and just like, I don't know. I just think it's really important because I think I used to ask that question and think like, how do I have to be to fit into this little box? And I ended up not getting what I wanted because of that instead of just being the best version of me and knowing that the right man will love that. 
And I will share with you guys that it is the most freeing feeling. And Chris taught me so much about this, but it's the most freeing feeling to just be myself like, you know, have my moments be sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes I'm emotional. Not often, that's, but that's, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just me. And it's the most freeing feeling because I just showed up as me from the beginning. And so I know that he loves me for me instead of, you know, trying to be a chameleon to fit into some sort of box to fit his needs. And then him later on finding out that, you know, or me realizing like, hey, wait, he just loved the version of me that I put a show on for him instead of who I really am. So anyway, I just think I just thought this would be really, really powerful, especially with three days until our wedding. And I think Chris has such a beautiful perspective. And I would have loved to hear a male's perspective, too, when I was looking for love. So I make a note on. that. Yeah, just just a quick note, because and I've listened to Lindsay's podcast, obviously, guys are just as susceptible to our thoughts as women are. So when you say I want a male's perspective, what you're really asking is what are what thoughts are you experiencing? Mm. Right. So the the difference between me and most of the guys, if not all the guys you dated or were around, was that I had already started working on those thoughts, right? And working on figuring out how to design a life I wanted and design a relationship I wanted. But that was just not possible until I had that awareness. So if if you're listening to this going, gosh, I wish I could find a guy that understood these kinds of things. Well, look for the guy that that wants to understand these things. I wanted to understand these things. I wanted a relationship that thrived on personal growth and growth together that never ended. Mm. Right? Yeah. I love that. So one last question before we go. How do you feel knowing that this episode is going to come out three days before we get married? I can't believe it's that close, number one. And number two, supremely grateful because I think my entire life I've wanted to marry you. I just didn't know you were out there and I didn't know you could treat me this well. And knowing that that's only a few days away and being able to share little pieces, even and this is this is just a, a peek behind the scenes of the shit I've gone through and the things you've gone through to get to three days away from the wedding, (laughs) but being able to share that and help maybe one, maybe two, maybe 10 people is a huge, huge thing I'm grateful for. Me too. Thank (laughs) you. And I think I was thinking about this and I was going to create a post, but I think the one thing I also want to share is don't settle. Don't convince yourself that there's nobody out there like what you want or that this is good enough. Like the way that I would say to create and find your soulmate is to not settle for something less than what you know you truly deeply want. Because I'm 30, Chris is 30, I should know this, 34. (laughs) And, you know, I thought I was going to be married by 25, but had I, I would have ended up with the wrong person. And I just think it's so important. So just trust that your person is out there and don't like stop looking for them until you find them. So anyway, thank you so much, Chris. I love you and I love all of you guys. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Soul CEO. If you are ready to take this work deeper and you want to bring your dream business to a reality, I wanted to make sure that you knew that Mango Magic Business Academy was available to you. Head to lindsaymangocoaching.com forward slash mango magic. Or if you don't have a business and you are ready to bring your dream life to a reality and know you are meant for more, 
my Mango Magic Life School is also available. Go to lindsaymangocoaching.com forward slash Mango Magic Life School for all the details. These programs are both life and business changing and you get access and coaching with me to walk through the modules and ask questions and get support to make your dream life or your dream business or both a reality. I love you. I can't wait to see you in there.